it's a bit counterintuitive. We believe that the showcasing is different than what your product does, right? So if your product does expense management, the intuition is like, you have a product, just show it. But it doesn't work like that with software. And the reason is that software is clumped down. It's by security, it has walls. It's built for customers actually utilizing it, not to be showcased that easily. Exactly. And so with DemoStack, essentially what we're, we see ourselves as the stage, right? We see the sales or marketing professional or CEO, whoever is giving the demo as the performer. And we're the stage with your product being the set. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Sales Enablement Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Paul. That was Jonathan Friedman. Jonathan is the co-founder and CEO of DemoStack. And in our conversation today, Jonathan and I are talking about demonstrations, demos, and how to make your demos stand out and be valuable and memorable to your buyers. We tackle one of the big questions about demos, namely, how quickly should a prospect see a product demo in the buying process? And based on how you answer that question, we then dig into two primary types of demos that are given to buyers. We also explore an issue that's grown in importance, which is that sellers are requiring or demanding more time from buyers and then not delivering a commensurate return on investment from the time of the buyer that the buyer invests in the demo. And we explore something Jonathan has come up with, what he calls the demo efficiency curve and how to use that to ensure that your demos live up to and align with your buyer's expectations for the demo. So we get to all of this and much, much more. But before we get to Jonathan, I want to remind you to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. So let's jump into it. Jonathan, welcome to the show. Thank you, Andy. Happy to be here. Yeah, pleasure to have you here. So tell listeners a little bit about you and what you do. So I'm uh, my name is Jonathan Friedman. I'm the CEO and co-founder of a company called DemoStack. Uh, we essentially help companies show their product in the best light, tell a story that's compelling, and uh, we believe that uh, great demos uh, win deals. Uh, so uh, we're trying to replace the demo environment and make uh, make everyone just better a better product storyteller. Okay. So great demos win deals. Why? Why do you think so? Well, um, a demo is a very intimate moment in a sales conversation. Um, the thing is, it's, it's a very rich experience. You know, if I if I come in and show you a deck, I can put in whatever I want, right? I can make it mm -hmm. beautiful and design it and write whatever I want. Very hard for you to verify every logo, every sentence I write. And I can do a lot of pizzazz and I can be a great showman and and that will sway it one way or the other. Uh, when you show a product, you can't uh, because people know how hard products are to build. They know you made a, make a lot of trade-offs with every little thing you put in there. And it's a very rich experience and a very real experience and one that can be discounted away to showmanship that much. Mm -hmm. uh, sure. So that's, that's, that's why people account for it as a, as a, as a true signal in, a, in the buying experience. So great. I hear what you have to say. I hear your pitch. I discount in 95%. Uh, not because you're a bad person because... You know, sales is all about that, right? Like making it look great. And then when I see the product, I discount that in a far lower rate, right? Maybe even like a 1%, 2%, right? I'm, I understand you do a little bit of pizzazz, but what I'm seeing is is the real deal. And then I, I believe in it. And so we believe that uh, the, the demoing, it's essentially it's a showcasing moment. And you show something that's very intimate. You open the kind of the door to something that's usually locked behind doors. And it's, it's a moment. And if not done right... You might not be, you might not tell the right story or in the right way or understand your prospect and kind of make them feel at home. Mm -hmm. And then you might not close the deal, not because you're bad, just because the show, the, 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 the showcasing wasn't ideal. Right. 
So what role is DemoStack then playing in helping demos you know, become this point of differentiation? Right, so, so we really believe that showcasing is a different... It's, it's a bit counterintuitive. We believe that, sh- that showcasing is different than what your product does, right? So if your product does expense management, mm-hmm. uh, the intuition is like, you have a product, just show it. But it doesn't work like that with software. Uh, and the reason is that, is that software is clumped down it's by security. It has walls. It's built for customers actually utilizing it, mm-hmm. uh, not to be showcased that showcased. easily. Right, right. Exactly. And so with DemoStack, essentially, what we're, we see ourselves as the stage, right? We see the, 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 the sales or marketing professional or CEO, whoever is giving the demo as the performer. And we're the stage with your product being the set. And so our goal is to make you shine, right? And so if you think about any show you've been to, someone had the light on, you know, has the light on the performer and the, and the sound and, and, you know, the props and all that has to go really well so the performer can do their best job and make the magic happen. And I think a lot of times right now, what happens is we send uh, people out and we expect them to just show the product. Uh, but it's like going to a stage with all, all these people. How good of a show can you, can you put up? How can you tell the story in the right way when you don't have that help? And so we're behind the scenes, maybe even unknown, unbeknownst to you know, the prospect, whoever we're seeing, but we help kind of uh, elevate the performance and, and what, what, what's trying to be, what we're trying to show in, in the best way possible. So that's kind of how we see ourselves. Okay. Good. Good. So elaborate if you can a little bit just to sort of how you do that so people understand how it, how it works. Sure. Um, so, the, so how it works is, is very easy. What we're trying to do is essentially spin out a demo environment for you in minutes without any engineering help. And the way we do it is um, you log into DemoStack. Uh, we have kind of a browser interface and you log into your product. And then when you log into your product, you click on start cloning. And then you clone your product into DemoStack. So essentially we capture the entire uh, look and feel of the product, the entire front end of it, and make it look really like it's the exact same thing. It's just, it's just a cloned version of it. Right. And it runs out of DemoStack. And then DemoStack becomes kind of your showcasing backend, and we let you do a lot of cool things with that clone. For example, we give you a Wix-like interface that's layered upon this clone. You can change whatever you want. So you can you know, go change text, ch- change an image, change a graph, mm-hmm. kind of really um, personalize it to whoever you're talking to. And you can remove all the stuff that's like uh, annoying if there's an error message or, you know, or, um, or weird things in there, or you know, other people have used it, so there's artifacts in there. You can remove all this, clean it up, rig it, and then when you show a demo, you can, um, you can show it with everything that's fit for the prospect. You get analytics on everything you do, uh, mm-hmm. so we see you know how you're presenting, to whom, at what time, what's your sequence. We can do it across teams, so it's very interesting data that is completely currently completely a black box. And then we also let you share out the, the demo and, and do a lot of cool things with it, like embed it on the website, all that stuff. Um, so really you get this asset you can really play around with. Right. So you can turn it into sort of a self-service demo type thing for a customer if you want to. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Very cool. So, um, yeah, I was doing my research about you and came across this article you'd written actually just a couple of days ago about what you call the demo efficiency curve, I guess, or something like that. But yeah. Framing it, saying there's this controversy, and we'll put those into air quotes, brewing in software sales about how quickly a prospect should see a product demo. What sort of motivated you to write that? Is there, and is there really a controversy? I mean, I, I know people talk about it a lot, but I just wonder what the, what the actual controversy is. 
Okay, so controversy in this uh, little pond, right? I don't think it's, uh, you know, there are bigger controversies in the world, yeah. but in our little pond, it is. I've seen, I, just today I got sent another thread where someone wrote like, I tried to sign up for a demo. They took me to a discovery call. I'm mad. Start rant and like a whole post and, and, and reactions. And there was one uh, we, uh, two weeks ago and one a few months ago. So I see these posts kind of blowing up and really a clash between these two uh, places. And, and, when I, and I agree. I mean, I... I... This morning? Yes, yeah, this morning. I was I was actually researching somebody for another interview I was doing. And on their website, they said, view demo. So clearly, you know, they had a canned video of a demo. Yeah, it takes you to a form fill, right? <laughs> hate that. Hate that. Yeah, you got the video. Just let me see the video. Anyway, go ahead. No, you you you're right in a sense, and you know it is a bit of um, the you know you can talk about why it came to be this way, but essentially the two schools of thought, just to frame it, is like one. I'm coming to you, show me product as soon as possible. Don't dangle stuff before me and make me think I'm going to see a demo and then like get more out of me. We don't even know each other. Uh, I just want to see your thing. Let me let me do it. And the other school of thought says, okay, great. And then you see a demo. It's, it, we don't understand who you are. You don't understand who we are. You see a demo. You think like, ah, not for me. And actually it could be for you had we had we had time to kind of understand who you are and you a little bit of who we are and kind of, and kind of match. Mm -hmm. And so people are very passionate about these two schools of thought. But I, what I felt when I read this, it's like, man, you know, both of them are right. I've been on both sides. One time when I was led with this demo and uh, and gone to calls where I became antsy and 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 became really impatient. Other places when I thought the tool was like completely not for me, and then someone showed me it in another light, and I was like, oh, actually, we can use that. Right. And so I saw the other side. So I, what I did with this uh, blog post, I tr essentially tried to combine it and say like. Okay, it's, is it really binary? Is it like one or the other, or or how how can we think about that? And I tried to kind of uh, I talked about the demo efficiency frontier, which is uh, the idea is how much time do you require upfront from a prospect, and how do you give value based on the time you you asked for, and how the negotiation can happen with the prospect kind of live. Like, what kind of demo do you want to see? Essentially, like super generic, like quick. And or or a full blown demo, and I can discuss like how you can actually use both. Uh, one of the concepts is, for example, uh, demo discovery, which is essentially showing a demo while asking questions, so you kind of have a more both way conversation rather than really binary. Right, and the fact I sort of put that into you said two schools of thought. I mean, I sort of put PLG as sort of the third school of thought in there, but is yeah, I mean. I think the thing is you you need to experiment. And I think this is, you know, as I sort of read the controversy and I read some of the posts, you know, that people have written and so on is, and dig into it a little bit. It's like, you know, there's not one right way. It really depends on, on sort of on you as a seller. It depends on the customers you're selling into. And you point that out in, in the article as well. But, you know, I've seen it used very well with people that, you know, sort of use that uh, first jump right to a demo. And it is their discovery call, Right. I mean, they'd never just give, I mean, if a seller just want, I think if a seller on a first call does a demo and doesn't use a discovery call, it's like the worst, <laughs> worst thing they could do possibly. Right. I mean, I just don't, I've never really seen that where somebody said, oh, let me just give you a demo. And then they don't ask questions or really turn it into a discovery call. Absolutely. And I do believe that, you know, the, 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 the change with kind of uh, demo platforms is that the seller can do much more to bring the product in. So if I know who you are, and so I, I, I kind of started the article with saying like the best demo is actually a mirror. 
uh, if I can mirror you within my product, that has the most impact uh, on people. Because if I can know, and, and, and you can discover so much, you know, on LinkedIn, and you know, I can read your blog, and I can do, I can do a million things to know a little bit who you are before we go on the phone. If I can translate that into product and kind of make you feel comfortable because you see yourself in my product really well, then I can do that. And I, as I do more and more discovery, we can start with a small uh, kind of really kind of can demo. And as we, mm-hmm. as we discuss, I can kind of customize it in subsequent calls more and more and more to make it feel as if you've been using the product for years. And that's really cool. Yeah. And I think that this sort of raises a point though, which I think is really important is that sort of the, the tenor of some of this discussion about, you know, the right time to demo presupposes that there's only one demo. <laughs> and to the point you just made is, I think, you know, smart seller and software, you'll probably have two or three opportunities you want to show your product to somebody, maybe to emphasize a point on a specific sales call that you're doing a specific point in the sales cycle. It's not like a one and done type thing. Correct. I really believe in this progressive demoing mo- um, right. model. And then, and then I think even it goes beyond that, right? The, the, the deal doesn't end and closed one. The fact you got a signature doesn't mean sure. like it's gone. You need to kind of make sure that you go into it and, 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 and get impact eventually for the customer. How cool would it be if you come out of all these discussions, all the time spent instead of notes only in Salesforce, you actually kind of build a demo with the customer, imagining where they're going to be in year, two years, three years from now using your product. And then get, that gets shipped to the CSM team on the other side. And this is based on all our conversations. So we had three demos, five calls, negotiation, everything. And then I say, CSM, you see, this is the blueprint we built together of how this customer should look like in two, three years. Take them there. And then and that, that causes a lot of alignment. And I think that will be a model, you know, as we, as, as we kind of grow, that will be a, a, a way I think modern sales team behave. It translates into product. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, my latest book, I, I talk about this idea of you're co-creating with the, the customer this vision of success, which is not, yeah, which is, hey, two, three years down the road, what does success look like using our product? Yeah, you can replicate that in in this demo, these custom de- demos that you're talking about. I think it becomes very powerful because, yeah, I think we, in sales, there's still too many people that think about the sales process as being these linear, discrete steps, Right. Here's the demo step. Here's the discovery step. Here's the qualification. It's like, no, no, no. It's not a one and done. None of it's one and done, right? Every time you interact with the buyer, you're trying to deepen your discovery and deepen your understanding of their, what's most important to them, how you can help them. Why not? If you're able to easily use a demo to help you illustrate that point, just think how much more powerful it is from a story perspective. Correct. Exactly. And I think it's just, uh, you know, an analogy I give for demo stack a lot of time is, you know, when I came, I I moved to the States from Israel and buying a house in Israel and here is very different. I was amazed, you know, first time I I went to see a house and it was completely staged, right? Like all the furniture is there, looks as if someone has been living here, but it looks nice and tidy and there's, uh, and there's like, it smells good. Everything looks fine. And I was like, Hey, what is this? How did they do it? And then, no, they have a staging company that moves furniture around. Like, and and puts and puts smell and fixes all the small things and you're like why are they why is it, why is that being done that's so much work but every realtor knows that if you stage a house before you sell it uh, faster and for more money if you and especially if you understand your crowd you know okay I need couples are going to buy this or or singles or mm-hmm. or the elderly or whatever and you kind of stage it uh, for, for that audience it's worth it's more the effort so we're like staging for software. And in a sense, I really believe that, um, that, that, yeah, if you, if you, if the translation has to come into product, that's like what a good seller can do. Cause eventually that's what's, 
the outcome or the impact it's gonna and, and it's gonna come here so being able to stage it make it familiar and uh and, and just, not just have notes on, on on salesforce which is a very kind of selfish uh thing you know it's just for you to have internal if you can translate into a uh, a product blueprint everyone wins uh, and it's a really good exercise in alignment yeah i mean i think the other part that that gets overlooked and again another thing i talk about in my book not to <laughs> promote my book, but why not? It's my show. I is, <laughs> is, um, you know, a demo is, is a test drive, right? And, and now people are buying cars necessarily without a test drive, but the thing that they, they do even without a physical test drive, it's like mental test drives. This is, this, a, an essential part of how people make decisions is they mentally try out the products that, that they're going to buy. You know, if you're gonna buy a car, yeah, you may not go these days and actually test drive it. But believe me, you've test driven in your mind, right? If you want to buy a convertible and you're you know, visualizing driving down Highway 1 in California with the top down, the sun blowing through your hair, you've done that. So software demo helps you do that. I mean, even though you're physically seeing it, you are projecting what it's going to be like to use and the value you're going to get from it. Because you're not really seeing that in the detail necessarily that you want. But the closest you, the closer you can make it to the, what that daily experience is going to be like using it becomes way more powerful. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, eventually humans, the, the currency that humans use is, is storytelling. And, and stories, they, that, that's the only currency that, that can jump between minds. If we have a conversation right now and tell you a story, that story can remain with you, right? They're duplicated. There's all the memetic theory. That's where the word meme comes from. Sure. Um, so all the, all those, the, the, eventually a story is, uh, is, is what we're trying to do. Uh, and, 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 and being able to convey a story and, uh, limit that cognitive load of someone needing to tell this the story. The, the more you help them visualize the story in their mind, the easier uh, you can find that fit, find your buyer where they are, and kind of right. have uh, congruency on on what we're trying to do here. Right. Well, the key thing that you're doing with you know the right type of demo, and I'm a firm believer in this, is that there's really well, there's really only one story the buyer really wants to hear and that's their story right right i mean you can tell stories all you want to other customers and it has some value but the one that really they want to hear and they want to understand is their story and again with an effective demo especially if you can replicate what their day-to-day experience and operating environments we like with it that's their story they can see themselves how it's going to help them how it's going to benefit them the value they're going to achieve from it that they couldn't necessarily do otherwise so it, as long as keep it focused on them, I think that's really, yeah, from a storytelling perspective, very powerful. Completely. That, that goes back to the mirror analogy. That's exactly what I mean with mirror. The best demo mm-hmm. in the world is a mirror uh, because I reflect you. So the mirror is mine, but you're reflected in there. Uh, so that's like the product is, is the mirror in that sense. And then you, you reflected that. That's it's you. So if I can understand you and show you how you're reflected in my product, I think that's the that's the ultimate form of a sales machine that tells you I really understand you because if I can, uh, if if you can see yourself in my product, that's the ultimate kind of cognitive connection that we that we can make. The, the closest until you know Elon Musk's event invents uh, some brain uh, melding technology. That's our only way to kind of oh connect gosh. and uh, and really kind of come together. And somebody brought up Elon Musk on my show. Oh my gosh! <laughs> we'll try. We'll try not to edit it out. Um, <laughs> But yeah, well, I think even in those environments, people are still be people will tell the stories better than machines. I mean, that's machines are a long ways from from that still. Um, yeah, so let's sort of 
talk about preparation for for demos and so on because you'd think it'd be pretty easy especially i mean again let's divide the demos into sort of three types i mean you got like all sort of the rehearsed prepared demo the product demo the hey here's the quick demo which could be a discovery demo well it's more heavily prepared demo is and you talk about this in this article which i think is absolutely true is that you have to uh, the customer has to get a return in the demo for the time they're investing, the time and attention they're investing in you and helping you get smarter about their business and helping you under- really understand them. And this is a common fault. You think if a demo doesn't work, it's because the discovery was just too superficial and didn't really reflect a true understanding of the buyer. So when they saw it, it just didn't resonate. Correct. And and I think not only do they have to, to get a return, I argue in the article that they need to get like a 10x return, right? So for every minute they spend with, you know, making you smarter about their, their business, mm-hmm. you better you better deliver 10x um, uh, smarter uh, understanding of them. And that, I think that's where a lot of the frustration comes from in the camp that's like field lured because they talk to someone, they talk to an SDR, they talk, and then, you know, the, 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 their person eventually comes and shows a demo in the third call didn't read the notes or kind of, you know, didn't have time to prepare. And then you feel like I sold all this thing and I'm still seeing a demo that doesn't really resonate. And that, mm. that, that's annoying. So if you feel that for every little minute you get like 10x like product translation, then the curve starts to be interesting. And that's like what I'm arguing kind of about the efficiency frontier, uh, mm-hmm. finding the amount of time the customer wants to invest and giving them a 10x return on every single minute. And uh, and I and of course I argue uh, on that demo as, as a modern uh, platform can can help you get there, which is very hard to do if you don't have it. Uh, but but really, it's not about selling myself. It's really something I really believe in in general, and you can get there in different ways. Yeah, no, I I, I agree. I think that that it works against you at so many levels. I mean, you talk about the mismatched expectations on the part of the customer with the demo. I mean, first of all, it's destructive in terms of any sort of trust you're trying to buy or develop with the buyer because you made a commitment that you're going to give them a demo that was going to be useful and valuable for them. And you didn't do that. So, you know, one of the critical pillars of building trust is, is meeting the customer expectations. And if you fail to do that, you know, that's one strike against you. You're going to damage your credibility uh, with an, again, I'll call it a mismatched uh, demo that doesn't meet the customer's, the buyer's expectations um, reflects on you poorly as an individual, as a seller. So the buyer's experience with you, which according to research, you know, the majority of a customer's purchase decisions based on their, their experience with the individual seller, you get damaged in that regard as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, first impressions. Um, so, you know, they're valuable and you can get them back, right? First impressions, the first impression. And, uh, and, and it's a shame really, because also demos are so deep down the funnel it's not like, you know, hundreds of people you send an email to. These are people responded, booked the time, showed up. You know, there's a million things that <laughs> they cause attrition along the way. So these are people already interested sitting there. And so this is really people that came, they bought a ticket to your show in, in the same analogy. You better you better come out there and give a, a, a damn good performance. And, and, and you know, and the more... Um, that the more time goes by, people's time becomes more and more precious. People want to do more offline. So if you're getting like real FaceTime and even Zoom time, let's call it in, in this day of age, you're getting mm-hmm. people's Zoom time live, man, you better perform. It's so deep in your funnel. Every little swing there, um, it has a revenue impact. <laughs> and, and that's, and that's why you, you can't just come in, uh, kind of naked and kind of hope you come on the, on, on stage and hope, hope it goes well. Uh, you, you got it. You got to prepare. You got to take it seriously. 
Well, but it gets back to a bigger theme, which, yeah, go back to my book yet again, which is that, you know, sellers have to be intentional about everything they do. That's a great phrase recently is along the same lines is you, you have to justify every action you take and who are you justifying it to? Who are you justifying it yourself? You're justifying it to the, the buyer you're dealing with, right? So if I'm going to consume some of your time, what's your justification for me consuming some of your time to prepare for this demo? Well, justification is I'm going to present something to you that is going to help tell the story of what success is going to look like for you using this product or service more effectively so that you can see something that might help you make progress toward making your decision. Oh, absolutely. And more than that, I would say, like, look at your buyer. I mean, he has to be a storyteller. It's not just you telling a good story to them. They need to become a storyteller because they're going to face around and they need, usually in every B2B, they need to tell a story internally as well. Right. So if you can share this, then that really, if they can, yeah, hopefully it helps them tell the story internally, right? Exactly. Exactly. So that's why the blueprinting is important. That's why uh, conveying a good story one is important just as a show, but also giving them the tools to turn around and tell the story internally because they might be convinced, but they still need to um, uh, get a secure budget and get approvals and all that stuff. And that's like... uh, that's that's a storytelling uh, thing uh, by itself that you need to really equip your buyers for, and so it can't end with you. You are your your buyer is an extension of your storytelling capabilities, and that's uh, you know a big argument of why why the storytelling needs to be both both compelling and shareable. So the mem- the memetics uh, have to be. Uh, uh, there's there's two components of the memetics. It's like how good your story is and how easy can it jump between. Uh, the the market of minds, uh, which is right. kind of what you're trying to uh, to get to. Yeah, I, mean, I tell people to envision the childhood game that at least we played here in the states growing up. <laughs> if you did, Israel is, is telephone. You, know, you get kids sitting in a circle, and one turns to the other and tells them a story, and then they turn and tell the other person. You get back to the other end and see what the story was. Does even you know re- does it re- <laughs> resemble the original story at all? And that's really. You want to make sure if you're working internally with your champions is that by the time it gets through all those various ears and mouths, it's the same story you told. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It can, it can be more. That's actually a really good example. Uh, fun, fun game to play. Uh, less fun when your quota depends on it. And no, you're trying. <laughs> That's exactly what's happening, right? It is. It's funny. I mean, humans are humans. You know, we're, we're selling. Um, when you when you when you when you sell, it's not like you uh, interface with the machine now and you become very technical. Humans still buy from humans. Uh, that connection is important. That connection is being made uh, with with trust. And, and a, st- a storyteller is someone you you immerse yourself in. That's why I think the storyteller is such a it's such a powerful you know in a village that you know the storyteller w- was revered to because he they can transport you into another world. And if you trust them enough, and if they're uh, they have charisma and and they, uh, they're a good orator, then you kind of can flow with them and you can um, really connect to someone's mind in a sense. So, yeah, the, the, the same rules that applied in this telephone game when you were uh, eight or nine uh, still apply today. It's just like uh, it's just a big, bigger stake and your, and your livelihood is a bit of it. So, it, it, of course, it is more pressure, uh, but it's still the same. It's the same rules. Nothing changed, really. It's the same humans. Well, I think if you get... My belief is, is that if you actually do a really good job on that storytelling up front, whether it's through a demo or whatever, but you have this compelling story, that you actually see the, the opposite effect when it goes through the, the rounds of the telephone as we talked about before, is actually your story can get amplified. If you have something that, that really hits the mark and 
they think, God, these guys get it, right? Uh, they get us. They understand, oh, this is, you can actually find that by the time it makes its way through the various uh, channels of communication that actually it's perceived to be even better. I, I, I love the point that you made here. And I, I, think, I think it happens a lot if you can get, uh, if, this, if your story is congruent, meaning yeah. every interaction infor- reinforces the, the point you made before. Uh, so, for example, with demo stack, right? My name is demo stack. So, if you come and, and and see our demo, and you're like, nah, not impressed, then whatever I tell you about how I can improve your demo, oh, probably that's not congruent anymore with the story. So, right. you know, I'm I'm kind of saying I'm the demo guy, and my company demo stack, and if if I come and you feel like we don't know what we're talking about, and the demo falls flat, th- there's no congruency here, and we can't really go on. And and for every different product, of course, there's there's different pieces on that. But if you can get the congruency right, then you have kind of uh, accelerator points and then people interact. They go to your website, you say the same thing. Uh, when they talk to you, you say the same thing. Your presentation says the same thing. Then they're like, oh man, yeah, it looks like this is this is a real story. I, I'm, I'm, everything I see is congruent. And a lot of this stuff is subconsciously. They don't really think about it that way, but they feel it. And people are very good at um, identifying, especially now with the fake news and you know, we're in a, we're in a time where like what's real, uh, people are very becoming very very good at spotting incongruencies or 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 fake stuff or yeah, you know inauthenticity yes. inauthenticity exactly and and when they see authenticity man they value it man they even don't know nobody's perfect and if you can own it and be congruent on that then people connect to you and you, you can have a you know and and that's real um, and that's um, very hard to do especially on scale but. Um, but I, I think absolutely worth it. And with time that goes and, you know, everything that's going on in the world in general, this will be more and more valued. And it's a really the only thing you can bring to the table consistently. Just be, you can be the best you, you can, nobody can be you better <laughs> than you. So just be that. <laughs> you sound like you read my book. So I'll make sure you get a copy afterwards. Thank you. Thank you. Um, appreciate it. So, sir, last question is you write in the article, the holy grail of demos would be that... No time commitment required on anybody's part to show a fully reflected demo. Um, geez, what would that look like and what's required to make that happen? So the Holy Grail is really, is to me, it's like really walking into a staged house. But as opposed to the, um, the house mm-hmm. example, here we're doing software. So you can go deeper, right? And you can personalize much more because you don't need to kind of build something for my demo demographic. You can build something specific for Jonathan Friedman, right? So... Uh, this day and age, you can discover so much online. There's a million tools that give you data, um, data on the buyer, on the company. Uh, all this stuff can be available, and there's like a ton of products that, that, that give it to you and kind of enrich your opportunity directly with this data. So first, I would say use that. You know the company, you know the logo, you can see where I work, my team. You can easily discover I'm from Israel, right, and have your the Israeli flag in, in your demo. That those little things they. They go a long way, right? Uh, don't don't mention uh, uh, you know a company I I don't look up to. Understand who I uh, I had. Cover my LinkedIn. All this thing is public. You don't need to be super creepy. It's all there. I'm put I'm putting on my LinkedIn for people to see and to know me, right? When when you have a conversation. Right. So I say first, gap capture all the data. Two, don't um, don't just put it in Salesforce. Uh, why is it in Salesforce? The idea is that it should apply, and you should train your salespeople. 
and whoever is kind of doing sales or trying to tell a story to uh, reflect back a customer in your product. So it means they have to know the product domain, understand what that is, and really understand what your product does. And then they have to understand the, the customer really well. And the third thing on top of it, they have to understand the market and slash um, philosophy of what we're trying to do and then be the Pareto of those things. So understand the customer, reflect them in their product and kind of progressively make that reflection more and more uh, sharp until the customer sees themselves. We all agree that this is what we want to do. Um, and then the third is not kind of throw this away after the deal is done, but really kind of bring it up, uh, bring it back to whoever needs to create the actual impact, which is the CSM team or whoever kind of takes it afterwards and say, okay, how do we deliver against this? This is how mm -hmm. it's supposed to look like in two years. Uh, let, let's see how we, where, where we got to over checkpoints. I think if you do all this, uh, you can get, you can have a, a first, a, almost a demo first call or like a very, very, uh, a, a demo discovery that's very deep because all the surface level stuff is in there. You're loaded up in there. You're reflected and let's, let's go deeper than that. And then discovery also becomes interesting. And if done right, I think it would just change what discovery means and how it can be done against a product backdrop essentially. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think the things you talk about is the research you do offline and so on. That so if you're using a first call discovery and you've you've you know, put the logo, the, the things that you can you can easily capture and do, they start being trust builders, right? Because you're demonstrating a level of understand not understanding a level of interest in the buyer, which not every seller does, right? It starts becoming a way you start standing out, and when you develop that level of interest, then people reciprocate that, then they become interested in you, and again, that starts opening the door to building trust and so on. So yeah, I think. Personally, I, I I would encourage people to get demos into the process as soon as possible. Yeah, I tell Stratic client this was sort of early SaaS days. It wasn't really a SaaS product, but it was hardware with a software component, and and we had really rapid response to inbound leads, and we had a technical inside sales team. Actually, I recruited them all from engineering, so they knew what they were talking about. And we'd get to a point in in that first call when they. We're getting back to customers within 30 minutes uniformly, everybody that, that uh, prospects in 30 minutes. And invariably, this customer would say, well, hey, you know, love to schedule a call to, to do a demo. And, <laughs> and what we do is we train the sellers to say, nope. And the customer's like, well, he says, but we can do it now. Yeah, and they'd send a link. That time is go to meeting, send a go to meeting link. And you get that first demo, but it was just the first. We knew there's always going to be more than one, but you get that first demo did such a powerful job in the right hands of just creating this first impression of, well, wow, this is an interesting company. They really seem to have their act together. The seller's impressive. I mean, these first impressions are so important. Yeah. And then, yeah, do a more in-depth demo later once you really understand what they're trying to do. So, yeah, I think it's a great, great tool to, it's not used strategically enough, let's say, in general, demos. So, all right, Jonathan, well, thank you so much for joining me. That was great. Um, People want to learn more about DemoStack and connect with you. What's the best way to do that? Yeah, uh, I'm very active on LinkedIn. Uh, so you can you know, just look for Jonathan Friedman, DemoStack. You'll probably find there's a lot of Jonathan Friedmans. All of them are great. Uh, it's a <laughs> very bespoken name. I'm probably the least, uh, <laughs> least on there. But if you write DemoStack, you'll find me. And if you want to know just about DemoStack or see a demo, uh, we're absolutely happy to do that. Uh, just go to DemoStack.com and, and, and sign up and we'll, we'll happily show you a demo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If people get a chance to go read Jonathan's article, published August 16th, you can find it on his, his LinkedIn profile, The Demo Efficiency Frontier. Yeah, it's a great discussion of the topic. So, Jonathan, thank you very much. Thank you, Andy. Really appreciated this conversation. Thank you for having me.
Okay, friends, that's it for this episode. First of all, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen. I'm so grateful for your support of the show. And I want to thank our guest, Jonathan Friedman, for sharing his insights with us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to this podcast, Sales Enablement with Andy Paul, on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. So thank you for your help. And as always, thank you so much for investing your time with me today. Until next time, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone. Mm-hmm.